we invest like the banks. What I mean by that is that we uh, buy mortgages, buy notes, and we collect interest and principal just like the banks. And this is something very unique because it puts you in the position that you're the lender, you're not the borrower. So right. when you're the lender, you have more advantages, I would say, mm -hmm. than the borrower. Because whenever a note becomes a non-performing note, we decide what the next step is. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Real Estate Rundown and joining us for another episode here in 2021. We're glad to be with you guys. We're going to call this episode, Invest Like a Bank. And in this episode, Sean Jones, William Rodriguez, and myself are going to discuss mortgage note investing. Their company, Quotangridge, is based in California and they do something that's super special. These guys are also fellow podcasters. You can find them at Cashflow Generation, but you're going to want to watch them right here on the Real Estate Rundown. So check back with us, follow this episode. You're going to get a lot of knowledge. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Real Estate Rundown. My guests today are William Rodriguez and Sean Jones. Guys, welcome to the show. Hey, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing me. well. I'm doing well. Happy New Year. Uh, so, yeah, we made it through 2020, right? We're, we're in yes. 2021. Things are going to be different. You know, the thing is, guys, uh, as we know, uh, millennials got a bunch of really cool words that, that growing up I didn't have, right? Like, like this whole thing called house hacking, right? When mm -hmm. I grew up, you were just broke. You were so broke, you needed roommate, <laughs> right? They call it house hacking like it's some sort of fancy thing. Guess what the word was in 2020? Pivot. Pivot. We called it a beatdown. We called it your ideas are not working, you know? But hey, yeah. we got done pivoting. We're going into 2021. You guys do something special with what you do at your company. And I really want to hear what you guys are doing. So let's just jump right into it, guys. You guys are doing mortgage note investing. Tell me about that. Tell me what that's all about. Yeah. So um, we invest like the banks, essentially. Um, what I mean by that is that we uh, buy mortgages, buy notes, and we collect interest and principal just like the banks. Uh, we buy both performing and non-performing. Um, right now, we're building up our portfolio. Um, like, you, you know, we just started a podcast. And we just launched our YouTube channel as well. And this is something very unique because it puts you in a position that you're the lender, you're not the borrower. So right. when you're the lender, you have um, more advantages, I would say, mm -hmm. than the borrower. Because whenever a note becomes a non-performing note, we decide what the next step is. Yeah. So are you guys, are you guys, would you be guys considered hard money lenders? Or I mean, are you guys competing out there with with the the bank at that level, you know, three, four, five percent? What what is your what is your guys' niche? No, we're not uh wouldn't be considered hard money lenders. We we are buying these these assets from small banks, from hedge funds. Um and, you know, it, it's, it's a different place to be in because we have that security of being in control of the, of the asset, but they're still that homeowner. We're, we're not, we don't have to worry about tenants and toilets. We're just worried about collecting our, our principal and interest monthly. So we're not hard money lenders because we're not, you know, lending 
out our own cash and no we're not playing at the you know the chase bank level mm-hmm. yet right. <laughs> right. but for those of you that are listening to this podcast you will be glad to hear that sean is not a hard money lender because he's a rather large gentleman that if he had to collect from you ladies and gentlemen it would yeah. be ugly okay <laughs> Very ugly. end of that stick now i'm mm-hmm. sure sean your mama says you're just a sweetheart you're the you uh-huh. know, nicest boy ever but i wouldn't want you to have <laughs> money right let's yeah. just, let's just put feeling. that out there <laughs> so, so explain to me why would a bank want to sell a note well there's different reasons why they sell a note um essentially that's what they do they buy and they sell they buy at you know 20 cents 30 cents on the dollar and then turn around and sell it to you know smaller banks for 50 cents on the dollar okay they're kind of in a sense made a quick flip mm-hmm. as you could call it right sometimes they hold the notes to get the cash flow right and then once, uh, you know, they want to do other things or lend some more, uh, they clear out their books and they sell it off. Yeah, most of these, small, most of these banks, actually, they do make um, a profit up front because, you know, we've heard, all heard of something called points. So yep. up front, they make their, their points and then they collect payments for a while. Um, they have a number that they like to, you know, be in a sweet spot. So they coll- once they collect what they want to collect, then they sell it off. And in some cases, depending on how healthy the bank is or not healthy the bank is, they may need to clear their books. And in some cases, like Will said, they just want to clear their books because they want to shift their money somewhere else. Sure. Shift our money somewhere else because they're using the money that we deposited into (laughs) into their bank. (laughs) I I hear you there. You know, that's why you always see the trailer show up on the empty lot when they're going to put a new bank in, right? They're, they're, They're setting up the deposits. They're getting the people to open the accounts. And then once they have a certain amount of money, then they can start lending because they have to have that certain margin to cover what they're, what they're being gifted from the federal reserve. So, you know, the reality is, I mean, we all get that part, but walk me through it guys from the standpoint that your phone rings or you've made the contact at the bank says, Hey, I want to sell a hundred thousand dollar house. Walk me through that process of what happens in your world. So I can get a better understanding of what you guys actually do and how you secure that and what you do with it and how you profit from that. Yeah, as we're making these contacts, we we have people that'll send us tapes or what we call tapes. They're they're basically spreadsheets with of loans. So we'll go through and see what we like from that. Um, some cases we have to buy the whole tape. Um, so it just depends on who we're dealing with. And from that, we how we profit is we're buying it at a discount. We never buy it at the full price of you know what the value of the note is. We also look at what the value of the actual property is. Although we're buying the note, we want to know what the asset or the collateral mm-hmm. is worth. So we're buying it for for sure less than what the collateral is worth and less than what's owed on the note. The reason they do that, because like I said, they've already made their profit that they want to make. So now they can afford to take a, if it's a performing note, they can afford to take 10, for, 10 to 15% discount. If it's non-performing, they're not making any money anyway. So they just want to get rid of that thing. Right. So, so if you were to let, walk me through, let's say that let's say that on the tape, there's this one particular property you like. It's a $100,000 note. Mm-hmm. I'm going to assume that you're going to want to see $130,000, $140,000 asset value behind that. Right. 
right? Or more, yes. And Mm -hmm. and if the note is there at $100,000 outstanding balance on the note, and it's at 4% or 5%, what do you buy that for? We're probably looking at about 10 to 15% discount. Um, We also run our numbers to see what our profit margin is. Okay. Because if the the interest rate is 4%, now we have to look at what do we need to buy this note at for it to be profitable for us as right. well. Right. So, no, and that's and that's how we do things in the apartment world, right? I mean, we we start with what the rents are and mm-hmm. we work backwards to see if we can afford to build them, right? Because if right. we can't mm-hmm. get the rent that we need, if mm-hmm. you guys can't get the income that you need, uh, it doesn't matter if it's a $100,000 note backed by a $300,000 asset if it's not profitable, it's not profitable, right? Makes sense, yes. So, so I totally get that. So you're buying it for ninety thousand dollars. We're going to assume you you mentioned ten to fifteen percent, so eighty five to ninety thousand dollars. And what is it that you're wanting that to do? Are you wanting to then hold that and collect those payments, uh, or are you wanting to find somebody to sell that back to at a hundred thousand dollars? What is it yeah. that you would do with something like that? I think uh, it just depends on the strategy and our investor. Sometimes we we could uh, acquire the note and again just flip it. Tell it to somebody else. Sure. Or we could have a whole strategy for like about two years, then set it off, or um, just keep, keep it, it. Keep it in our yeah. books. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So if it's solid, a solid performing note, then we may just want to hold on to it. Sure. So you guys, you guys have, do you guys have a pool of investors that you're working with that, that they're looking for a set return and then you're making a, a spread on that as well? Right. Or, mm-hmm. Uh, so, so you guys are you guys are doing several things. You're looking for more investors because right. you want to introduce them to the world of, hey, it's you know Sean and Will taking care of your money for you. We've got asset backed properties or asset backed notes. We've got you know some of those other things. Non performing, I can understand that very easily, in the sense that a non performing note is. That's something where you're hoping you can get the collateral back, where you can get, uh, you know, or maybe maybe work out something with them that, you know, you're reassigning right. it. And, right. You know, Loan modification, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, get some additional points up front, you know, not ding their credit too bad. So that all makes sense to me. But the performing part of it, that was new to me. So I really appreciate mm-hmm. you guys diving into that a little bit. So when you guys are looking so you, so you guys are multifaceted here where you're looking for additional investors that are mm-hmm. wanting to join your, your, your band of merry men. Right. What is it that your investors are getting out of the deal? What is, what is your uh, value proposition to them? We like, we, we, every investor is a little bit different. I mean, one thing we are working on, we're working with our mentor on is a, a fund this year. So it's going to, that's going to work completely different. As you know, with syndications, it's co- completely different in doing one at a time. Right. Um, but normally we're, they're looking at anywhere from, you know, five to 8% return. It just depends on what they want. You know, we go, you know, if it's an individual investor, we're talking to them like, what's your motivation? What are you trying to do? Why are you looking to invest somewhere else? Are we, you know, where are you pulling? Your, it just depends on what their motivation is. And they say, Hey, I have to get 6%. Okay, right. great. We need to make sure that we get them that return. If we sign a contract and we agree to that, we need to provide that 6% return. Well, and, you know, Sean, that's so important. A lot of people don't take into consideration that 
their investors or their customers, right? right? They just look at it and they go, hey, you know what? Invest with me. I'll get you this return. They, mm-hmm. they get the money. You know, they don't call. They don't write. They don't send Christmas cards. And the next thing you know, it's been six or eight or 12 months and the, and the investors become, I don't know, the, the disillusioned is the word, but they, they feel like they don't matter where right, understanding right, what the right. investor wants, because this is a journey for both of you guys, right? It's a journey for the investor mm-hmm, right, and it's right. a journey for you and your company. And you guys need to make sure that you understand that. And I found that there's been a huge disconnect in the investing world in real estate with syndication and and, and with other uh, avenues like this or like fix and flips or things like that, where people forget that the customer you have two customers. You have mm-hmm. you have the 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 person you're trying to serve with the product you're trying to come up with, right. i.e. the note uh, that you're buying. But you also right. have the customer, the investor that you're trying to make sure that at the end of the day they're happy with the Will and Sean right. experience, right? right. They're happy <laughs> with this. They want to do it again. And I've seen where so many people have miss that part. They go in and they go, dude, I don't know what's wrong with you, man. I got you a solid return. I did everything I said but you didn't do, you didn't connect, you know, you didn't, I didn't, that's not what I wanted or. That's a big part of it too. Um, We recommend a book. Uh, It's not real estate related, uh, but I think a lot of people in real estate will really benefit from it. Uh, It's by John Maxwell called great leaders ask good questions. Yep. And oftentimes Maxwell in that book, that is an excellent book. And that is a tremendous recommendation because you're right. We want to ask questions. We want to get to know them. We mm-hmm. often uh, push people away, right? right. So, some people come to us. Last week, I had a guy that said, I got about, you know, close to 100,000. Um, yeah, I like this no thing, but I, I'm just not sure I want to flip a house. Yeah. And I'm like, well, what are you more comfortable with? He's like, well, I really like, uh, you know, flipping houses. That's kind of what I want to do. And I was like, if you're comfortable with that, go then right ahead. It. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't really pitch yeah, because, you know, we, we've all had that experience where you got the right guy in the wrong deal, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. We've all had the wrong guy in the right deal, too. But, you know, I think that's only <laughs> a matter of perspective, right? I mean, you know, I, I look at it and I go, man, what is it that makes my client feel like they're, 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 they're winning? And that's mm-hmm. the connection to, to realize that, yes, they are in the right deal. Mm-hmm. They're working with the right people. You know, and and like you said, Will, taking everybody's money isn't the best thing to do because you're going to wind up with those people that you know just because you were were you know hungry to get the get the cash in the door and get started on that, you you wound up with somebody that it didn't matter what you were going to do, you weren't going to satisfy them because they didn't feel safe, they didn't right. feel comfortable because well, I, my buddy John he does this and my buddy Sam does that, so you guys are taking the right approach. You guys are taking a very similar approach to what I've used for a long time is make sure that you understand your customer, make right. sure you understand your investor, and make sure that they understand what you're doing. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys are really kind of a cash on cash kind of a, an investment, right? Am I getting Correct. it right? Correct. Yep. So I'm investing with you. I come to you. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I don't like flipping houses. So I'm, I'm coming to you with the hundred grand and I'm jumping in the deal and you're going to go buy some notes. You're going to pick some stuff up and then I'm going to expect cash flow very soon after that. Is that correct? Correct. Now, it, again, if we're looking at non-performing, that's where we need to find out where your comfort level is. We need to know what your motivation is. What are you trying to accomplish? You just want that secure monthly income or do you want larger potential profits, you know, up front? What are you, what are you looking for? So with that? Yeah. If, if 
we could be performing, it could be non-performing. It just depends on what your comfort level is. Mm. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing that I'm, I'm getting from you guys that I'm understanding here is that there's, there's really two different types of, of note investment. I would have only thought the note investment would have involved the non-performing, which, mm-hmm. you know, then you've got to go through the foreclosure process or you've got to, mm-hmm. you've got to do a workout. You know, there's a lot of, 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 of really tense feelings going on with that, but there's mm-hmm. a whole other side to this. It's really just a cash flow machine mm-hmm. uh, that is just really about being able to put your investment into, into something that is an asset backed investment that's mm-hmm. already producing. It's spitting off cash. It's just a matter of standing there and you being the one to collect it. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Correct. And there's a lot of people that we know personally in our investment group that only focus on uh, performing notes. Sure. Mm-hmm. They don't touch non-performing. Sure. And other one, I just do non-performing. Don't touch performing. Well, listen. So. Well, we already touched on this, right? I mean, I'm 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 five eight, uh, born and raised in Idaho. Not really known for my my street skills and getting people out of houses. So I'm going to stick with the performing notes too, right? <laughs> sure. Right. Unless you have a Sean in your business, <laughs> yes, right? That's right, man. <laughs> you know this this whole thing about being self-performing. I'm going to be knocking on the doors, going, "Excuse me, sir, would you mind if I helped you pack?" <laughs> you know, that's not going to be a real good deal. But, but you know, the understanding of the strategy and the understanding of, of that whole other world, you know, this is the reason why, you know, my podcast is just called The Real Estate Rundown, because everything about real estate, just every day that I delve into it, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger because there's so much about that. But, you know, it's so much more comforting to me. And I, and I think you guys are the same way and your investors are the same way where you're sitting here with an asset backed security, you're, you're mm-hmm. sitting there with something in, you know, whether it's, it's Temecula or Toledo or Toronto, you've got something that is asset backed that regardless of what happens, if a performing note becomes a non-performing note, there's still something there of value. You oh, know? Yeah. And our mentors always saying worst case scenario, mm-hmm. you become a landlord. landlord. Right. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and the funny thing is, guys, if we go back to 2008, you know, you go back and look at 2008, it's not that everybody was losing their homes and becoming homeless. Mm-hmm. They were losing their homes because of some funky mortgages. Maybe they borrowed more than they should, but they yeah. still, the, the minute they got out of your house, they went and got in another house. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And so what the banks finally realized is, Hey, let's quit kicking these people out. Let's just turn them into tenants. You know, mm-hmm. let's just make right. them, let's just become the landlord and then Chase Bank. They had huge management teams. They had, you know, all these property management divisions they were creating. That makes a ton of sense as far as what you're able to do with how things work and the mindset, right? So now your downside isn't really a dark downside. Your downside yeah. is just, it's another step in the game. And while it didn't work out like we planned, the worst case scenario is we just got more profitable. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yep. Correct. Right. Yeah, we're, we're dealing with us. Asset, you're going to wind up with the asset back and you're going to be in a better position because now you have the collateral mm-hmm. and the principal that they paid in and all the other fees and everything. And now you're in a position to, to move that asset and make some additional money. Right. Yeah. Right now we're even we're going through a foreclosure on a property in Kentucky with COVID. It kind of slowed it down because we have to wait a couple of months before we can right. even get get into court. Um, and unfortunately, the homeowner passed away during COVID. Wow. So, that, you know, so we're going to end up with the asset. And I've reached out to a realtor in that 
in that area. And she's like, yeah, I've been, I have a listing two doors down and I've, people keep calling me about that house asking me, Hey, is the house for sale? And I'm like, well, it will be soon. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you know. And, and that's, that's the fantastic thing, right? You have a, a, an investment in something that is still a value. You've right. got an investment in something that, you know, and, and it's funny because, you know, people say in real estate, you only, you only lose money when you sell an asset is of less value. You know, we've seen it so many times where, you know, the world comms of the world or the Enrons of the world, people lost millions of dollars that had nothing to do with it. And, and they still hold the paper. They still hold the stock certificate, but the, but the company is gone. The company is bankrupt. You know, here you've got the asset that even if the person stops paying, passes away, Mm-hmm. You still have something that is of value, you know. Right. So that's right. there. You've got so much security there. That's such an important point. So, guys, what is what is the biggest misconception about node investing that you're running into that you wish people understood better? I just think people don't have. I guess they do. Don't they do have access to the information, but they just can't c- connect the dots. They always see themselves as. It sounds like everybody in the political field today, right? For real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, They can't connect the dots because they don't see themselves as a lender. They always see themselves as a borrower. Mm -hmm. So once they connect the dots, we help them connect the dots. They're like, oh, that makes sense. Right. Then fall back into what they know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, that makes a ton of sense. You know, and it's funny because it's it's not what we think the deal is. Right. It's what is being perceived that the deal is. Right. Mm-hmm. It's what it's what the people that we're talking to, what are they hearing us say? What mm-hmm. are their what is their world experience that they're bringing to this investment? But they look at it and go, oh, this makes a ton of sense. Or this is my prejudice to that. Right. Mm-hmm. I could see that I would I would probably based on what I know or knew before this show, I would bring a little bit of prejudice to note investing because I don't know that I want to. I don't know that I want to go out there and, and buy a house in Texas. But now that I understand it a little bit better, it seems pretty easy, especially, well, if I got a problem, I'm going to have Sean go get my money. <laughs> so, so, guys, tell me tell me a couple. Give me a success story. Give me one of your recent deals that's gone, like, just picture perfect. Picture perfect. Do you mm. have anything that's gone picture perfect? I, I can't recall. <laughs> the reality of it all. All right, so we are problem solvers. Okay, that's no, um, the honestly the the last couple of notes that that we have. One is in uh, near Detroit. Okay, and it's it's pretty simple. We we purchased the note um, at the beginning. He missed a few payments, and it was just a quick phone call, and we just found out, you know. Um, he bought this house as a second house. He actually lives like a couple of doors down and he was, you know, putting a lot of money into this property. And after we talked to him, we're like, Hey, you know, just keep us up to date. What's going on. He just consistently continues to pay. He can say, if there's any problem, he pick up, he picks up a phone yeah. for us. That's easy. You yeah. Know, because sure. if we're in communication with the, with the borrower. That's, that's, that's easy. Oh man, because everybody we, that's got a home loan would love to be able to pick up the phone and call the bank and say, Hey, this is what's going on, you know? Right, right. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people don't understand that um, because they're used to dealing with the big banks. They just right. they have a lot on their books and they don't have the time to sit there and try to negotiate with everyone. But you, if you have a smaller company that owns your mortgage or something like that, try 
pick a pick a phone yeah. and try to call them. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, they're gonna try to work with you. Hmm. Sure, because I mean, working with you is the quickest way to get back to the cash flow. That that's why right. that's why they have the asset. Right. Yeah. Because we don't want the property. Honestly, we don't want to take your yeah. property. Right. <laughs> we don't. Right. Right. We exactly. Don't want it. <laughs> exactly. So, well, guys, uh, so tell me a little bit about uh, you guys are starting a podcast as well. It's called uh, Cash Flow Generation, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we tell started me a, about that. Yeah. So we started a YouTube channel about two months ago. And um, I mean, we just we know we knew that we needed to be on YouTube. Um, but we've seen a lot of people um, go into podcasts and request, you know, uh, us being in a podcast. So we're like, man, we need to really um, look into, mm-hmm. you know, getting on a podcast because it seems like a lot of people are really listening. They'd rather listen rather than watch. I'm right. more like a YouTube guy, right? but I saw the benefit on, on being in a podcast. So we launched um, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. We already aired two episodes. That's great. And we're going to air another episode this week. Yeah. And nice. uh, I knew that it was time right when, um, Amazon announced that they're going to go into the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, okay, it's, son. <laughs> and it's funny too, uh, you know, especially, you know, I, I've been down here in Puerto Rico now for almost three years and I've been doing a lot of Zoom meetings and, and a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of over the internet stuff. And, and you know, that was kind of my next move was, was to get into the podcast. But it's so funny because everybody's like, oh yeah, you know, we got to do a Zoom meeting. And I'm like, you know, two years ago, I was like really you know, cutting edge, avant-garde, you know, I'm a developer and I do Zoom meetings, you know, you're a contractor and you know how to use Zoom. (laughs) Everybody can use it and they realize it's not that hard and, you know, I'm I'm not that special. But, but, you know, that's the thing too that I'm seeing though is there's, there's so much information out there and being able to tap into the flavor that you like, you know, being able to get information that you, that, that resonates with you, that you can understand or that you want to see the growth in your life. You know, I think it really speaks to, to, you know, who you guys are, that you're, you're out there providing uh, information in the community uh, of investors so that you can better understand them and they can better understand you and they can make better investment choices, which, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of where I'm at with you guys is the, the better investment community we can build, the, the more educated our investors are, whether they invest with me, whether they invest with you, whether they, you know, go down to the guy down the street, as long as they understand what they're doing, we're going to have a better investment community. Because like you said, uh, well, we're not going to have people that are in the deal that they're like, well, I don't, I don't know that I know. I don't know that I want to do this. I don't know that I understand, which is never great advertising for that genre of investing. Right. Yeah. And in the word, it says a double-minded person is unstable in all their ways. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a lot of right? Take it from the book of James. Right? Yeah. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, well, Hey, you guys, uh, here on the podcast, you need to check out Cash Flow Generation. That's where Reverend William drops knowledge Reverend. all the time. Wow. <laughs> First, Reverend. <laughs> uh, you know, well, you, when you're quoting the Bible, you know, you kind of got to get some props for that, right? I mean, it just flows naturally. So, that's serious. That's that's serious. So, once you check out our podcast, you'll see. Yes, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, you know, well, guys, uh, where else can we find you? We're going to find you on YouTube, on Cashflow Generation. We're going to f- be able to find your podcast on Apple. Uh, zoom into the top here soon. Where else can we track you guys down at? LinkedIn. That's that's where we make the most connections um, is LinkedIn. 
We're okay. also on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Yeah. We're not too active there. Yeah. Uh, if you really want to connect with us in a personal level, it's LinkedIn. Okay. That mm-hmm. sounds great. Well, hey, guys, I really want to thank you for stopping by and uh, sharing with my audience here on the Real Estate Rundown. Guys, we we really know that people like yourselves that are taking time to get to know your investors, that are making those kind of efforts to educate to bring, bring podcast knowledge to others. Guys, I, I wish you all the success in the world. And I know you'll have it because I can see that you guys have a heart for the people that you're working for, the customers you have on both ends of the deal. So guys, thanks for coming by the show. Thanks for having oh, us. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Hey guys, so check out this episode and more on uh, the Real Estate Rundown. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us in all the same places too. But if you'll take a minute and give us a review, we'd love that. We're always looking to hear what you have to say about the show, ideas you have for the show, things like that. So please leave us a review right now on YouTube or Instagram or on LinkedIn. We'd love that. Thanks guys for joining the Real Estate Rundown. We'll see you soon.